it's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! Oh, welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I ain't Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. And you are you, and we're glad to have you in tonight for our special 2023 college football season preview. We're going to break it down from a Buckeye perspective. We're going to break it down from a national perspective. Talk about all the things that you all want to talk about tonight. A lot of great topics for you. And uh, you know what? You can watch us on YouTube at The Ohio Podcast right there on YouTube. Some of you are watching and participating in the chat. Do us a favor, give us a thumbs up right now. Let's get those thumbs up rolling. That way the algorithm can shoot this out all across the country to other Buckeye fans right now. Follow us on Facebook at uh, The Ohio Podcast on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at The Ohio Pod on Twitter. And we are uh, the official Ohio State podcast of both Fansided, which you can read all about at scarletandgame.com. Type it into the Google search. Guess what pops up? Great articles written by yours truly and other great writers who actually are fans of Ohio State. It means the world to us that you would click and read our stories. Also, we are the official Ohio State podcast of Big Banter Sports. Just had a huge two-hour marathon preview with myself and other podcasters uh, in Big Banter who cover all the other Big Ten teams. Had a nice little back and forth with uh, an Illinois podcaster about why his team is 6-6 six and six and not 10-2 and two like he thinks it is. 6-6? Six and six. You, Yeah. You, you're giving him... You're giving them some love at six and six, Eric. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But uh, hey, make sure you go ahead and start using the chat. A lot of you are tonight. It looks great out there. I mean, we've got we've got Larry. He said, "Hey, he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. That guy's everywhere, man. He he's is, absolutely man. everywhere." Alex is what? Alex is from New York City tonight, NYC. Oh, nice. Yeah, Chris is from one of our favorite cities. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, PA. We're going to be heading there. Oh, Alex is from the class of 93. Awesome, man. Go Bucks, nice. baby. Hey, man. That's awesome. Um, and Lenny says, hey, I made it to the beginning of the show. 
<laughs> he's actually watch. He's actually watching from uh, here in Ohio right now. So uh, awesome to have you all of you in tonight, Alex, uh, Chris, and Lenny, Brian Lee Oberst. Uh, he's got already. He's already talking about the quarterback situation. Love it. Nick Quince with us tonight. Nick, our buddy Nick. He's been following us for a couple years. Hey guys, I'm so ready for the season. Let's go. How's the QB situation looking? Buckle up. That's what's on deck. We're going to go with that first. And wait a minute. Do you hear that? Do you hear something? What? Do you uh, hear that? What is that? I hear, I hear something. What? What is The gang is back. Look who's in the house tonight. Sergeant MVP Aaron Brown is with us. Chris, we just got a whole lot tougher tonight. Yes, we did. Yes, That's we did. That's right. That's right. Welcome home, Aaron. Hey, it's great to be back, guys. It's been a long time, but a lot of stuff has changed. Moved back to Ohio, moved to the National Guard from active duty, and I'm excited for football at home. Yeah, there you go, man. Update everybody, Aaron. Uh, last time you were with us, it was, I think, January. And you were winding down your five-year service in the military. And update everybody with what's going on in your life, man. Well, we bought our first home. Thank you, thanks to my fine-feathered friends at the VA for assisting in that process. Man, what a it's, dude! I never dreamed it'd be that difficult to buy a house. Like it's hard to find one, and then you go through that process of buying it. And man, I'm just thankful to be through it. But we got us a nice house. I got a new job as a, a mental health provider in Southern Ohio. I'll be finishing up my bachelor's, uh, and I'm not going to say the university, but it's uh, hopefully not the one you guys are thinking of, but <laughs> we'll get into that another day. I'll be graduating in October, uh, so it's just been a busy summer just trying to you know, de-stress and, and get the anxiety out from, from five years of service. Uh, it's, it's, it's a process, guys. It is, man. We're so glad to have you back, and you know what? I think it's time to, that's time to open up a cold one. Hey. You are the stone cold of this. So here, catch this. There we go. Hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, absolutely, Chris. Thank you so much for that comment. He, Chris says, thank you for your service. Yep. Thank you for your support. Appreciate all you guys. Yeah, it's so awesome to have our, our, uh, our. Our muscle back. Yeah. We, <laughs> now I, I, there it is. Look at that. Look at that tat. O-H-I-O, baby. There it yeah. is. There it is. All right. Enough for the fun. Oh, even Sarah's chiming in. Welcome oh, hey, back, Sarah. Aaron. What's going on? Yeah. So so Sarah listens in, makes sure my uh, uh, mic's good, and then reminds everybody how awesome Bobby Carpenter is. So <laughs> I can't forget that. Uh, by, by the way, I just got an autographed Bobby Carpenter photo that, you know, Sarah might be interested in there. Just saying. Uh, oh, you said that two weeks in a row now. <laughs> you know, I what? know she doesn't need a picture of Bobby on the wall. <laughs> hey, on, I've man. got, I've got, I got, I have, she has two pictures of herself with Bobby Carpenter. One sits right at her desk at work next to me and her. So, I mean, 
it is good to know I'm still number one in her life, but Bobby yeah, at least Carpenter she played a close number two. she hasn't folded you over and slid Bobby into the picture. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's when he's not there. <laughs> that's uh, right. Here we go. Here we go. Let's get this thing on the tracks, man. Play caller. Let's talk play calling. Oh, my gosh. Ryan Day lets the cat out of the bag this week, guys. He's still calling plays. I knew he couldn't let this thing go, man. It just – it. I'm telling you, I there will be a day. There will be a day when Ryan Day says, okay, Brian, time for you to call plays. But it was not going to be at the start of this season. I just felt like it was too soon for him, for someone who's never done it before. Maybe he lets them call plays in the fourth quarter when they're up by, you know, four or five scores and things of that nature. But too much on the line right now with a new quarterback and an offense that's going to be breaking in that new signal caller for him to just turn that over right away. Aaron, you're back up, man. Welcome back. Your thoughts will put you right there on the spotlight. Ryan Day says, uh -uh, I'm still calling plays. I'm not surprised by that. I, you know, when he said he was going to, you know, when he was going to let Brian call the plays, I, I kind of was like, we'll see about that, you know, because just behaviorally, when you take over the reins and you're an offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach, that's just what you do. You know what I mean? It's hard to let go of that. And I'll be honest, man, if Ryan Day can call plays aggressively, the, like every game, the way that he did against Georgia, I don't see a way that we lose. That's what it takes. That's how you call a ball game right there. Now, does that mean Brian Hartline can't do that? No, it's not what it means. But I think that Ryan Day, maybe that lit a fire under him to, you know, he does, you know, it showed him what he really is capable of when he is, when he's tuned in, when the complacency has gone. It's not a Big Ten game. You're not playing Illinois. You know, every game should be played the way we played Georgia. I like angry Ryan Day. Yeah, this, no lie. this pumping <laughs> Ryan Day, aggressive Ryan Day. You know, when he was up in the booth when Urban Meyer was head coach, and it wasn't his his players down on the field that he was calling plays for. It was Urban's players. He was much more aggressive. I think when he came down out of the booth and became the head coach and he he felt the magnitude of the game from the sideline, it was a different world for him. He let it all hang out in the Peach Bowl, and that's what I want. Um, that's what we need. And that's what I think this offense is going to need. Plus, he needs to be there with the quarterback massage that thing here at the beginning of the season because that is probably if not the biggest um question mark it's 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 up there it's got to be up there so uh chris your thoughts man you know what don't give me the brian hartline isn't ready or we need this to massage the you know the quarterback no this is ryan day's thing he, he is a this is all about ego and power, and he needs this. Let me tell you why he needs this. He hasn't successfully taken down Michigan in two years. He hasn't secured a natty. He's an offensive guy. You know, I've, I've said it all along. I think he's a great offensive mind despite what I may think about him as a head coach. I think he needs to validate himself by getting out there and calling the plays that beat Michigan and that win a national title because – Ultimately, he's a competitor. I, I truly believe that. He is a competitor. 
He's got a massage. This isn't about massaging the quarterback. This is about massaging his own ego and proving to himself and critics like myself that he can do it. What did I say? Did I not say quarterbacks? Did I say running backs? No, you said quarterbacks. I'll okay. say I thought you said quarterbacks. All right. I was like, that, that would make sense if I didn't say quarterbacks. But I was like, okay, what did I say? He needed a massage. Oh. <laughs> Don't say that around a Cleveland fan, man. It makes us nervous. Quarterbacks oh. and massages just don't don't sit well with us. Chris, you're done, buddy. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. Speaking of being Cleveland fans. Uh, I felt I felt terrible for you. First kickoff, poor guy breaks his leg. First right opening what? kickoff after yeah after being hurt, man. Oh man. Uh, so so let me let me let me flip this question on on its head and ask you this then, Chris. I'll start with you since since you uh, took that stance that you did. When and if and how does Ryan Day allow Brian Hartline to call plays? Then eventually it's going to have to happen if Brian Hartline is going to be the OC. Yeah. And I I think you've got it right, Eric. I think he eases him in, in the fourth quarter right now in blowout games, but I don't see him until, until he, like I said, until he calls a successful game plan against that team up North and beats them until he calls that successful game plan that wins Ohio state, a national title. I don't see him handing the duties over completely. Okay. Aaron, your thoughts? You know, I'm sorry, but I keep seeing in the chat, Day sees Brian doesn't have it. I know it's slightly off, this, but I'm not. This is about, isn't about that. It's about Day's ego, I tell you. I think that has a part to play in it, but I think that it's also Day's motivation. I think that it... it like I said earlier, man, I think that it has a lot to do with a little bit of complacency because we were calling, well, he was calling some really weak games, really weak games. They were questionable calls. Conservative, conservative. Dude, you're on the two yard line. You're throwing the ball. Why wouldn't you just run it? That you see what I'm saying? Just not smart play calls like against Oregon a couple years ago. It's not just exclusive to last season. It was the season before too. Like when we lost Oregon at home, Remember, he th- we were inside the five, eight, seven yard line. We were close, and he threw the ball three straight times and settled for a field goal. We couldn't. We we didn't have. Well, we didn't have the toughness to push it. You we still learned Ryan Williams. Yes, but who's often injured too? Well, the whole running back room was injured last season. Come on, we got next man up. What happened to that? So oh, don't say that, Aaron. Oh, no, don't get don't get me off on that. I blow up on that every single time. I, I, I channel my inner John Kennedy when that comment comes out. Uh, Chris says, boys, I'm hoping we'll discuss new rules. No more clock stoppings on the first down, stoppages on the first downs, except for the last two minutes of each half. I noticed this in the Notre Dame game. It very much changed the pace of the game, given the fact that Notre Dame was establishing the run as well as Navy being a run first team. That first half went by like that. 
there was four possessions for Notre Dame the entire first half. That was it. And they scored on all four, mind you. And Navy, of course, didn't, and that, that, that's ball game. Aaron's not going to cry about that. He's an Army guy. So seeing Navy get their butt kicked was just absolutely fine with him. But did you guys, if you watched any of the games yesterday, did you not notice the new rule change, number one? And number two, I do feel like Ryan Day, that rule change might – slightly give him kind of a let me call plays here at first uh, too. Then let's feel this thing out. Chris. Um, you know, I think it, it's going to change the way a lot of these high power offenses play. I think, um, I, I don't know. I like, I like the speed of the game. I, I'm old school though. I, I love you know, Notre Dame, like you said, four offensive series in, in the first half. You know, I don't see a problem with that. If you score on all four and if you're running the ball down somebody's throat, you control the clock, you win the game, the end. I, I like it. But, you know, when you're talking about a team that passes a lot, that's going to try to, you know, if you're trying to change personnel a lot, I think the biggest, uh, and Aaron, you could, you know, from a coach's standpoint, maybe tell me if I'm wrong here. I think the team this hurt, or the side of the ball this hurts the most is the defense, especially specifically on that defensive line where you can't change guys in and out as much because you don't have the stoppage after each first down. You know. Yeah, I mean, Chris, I I I tend to agree with you. I'm a little more on the old school side. However, what that does is it puts a lot more pressure on the offense to score those points. Yes, which can be disastrous. Or it can look really good. So it's an NFL thing, and Ryan Day is experienced in the NFL. That helps. And it, 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 does. it does help. So that's another reason why I just feel like Ryan Day at, at the beginning here is like let's 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 keep it the way it is. Plus, I kind of like him doing this in all honesty because it shows that he's confident in himself. He's betting on himself. If he was like, dude, I don't know if I can do this. I'm going to turn this over to someone who hasn't done it yet. That shows a lot of lack of confidence, you know? Plus, I think Ryan Day thinks if I get this quarterback situation right, given the roster that we have, how we played Georgia last year, with the improvement that this defense is showing, we have a national championship caliber team. I think that it, 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 it does show some reservation on the part of Ryan Day towards Brian Hartline. Because you're right, this would be his first year call in place, and maybe Brian just hasn't shown him what he need, what day needed to see this in the off season. You know, I mean, he's a heck of a recruiter. We know that the proof is there, but there's no proof in his ability to call plays. I, I think it's all, I, you know, it's hard to say that he hasn't shown him anything when he really hasn't had the opportunity to do it though either. Right. Well. Right. right absolutely. So, you know what so, he has shown? Freaking recruit. Yeah. No doubt. Recruit and coaching. And develop. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's what he has shown. So the, you know, that that is that is true. But I'm 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 good with Ryan Day calling plays. Let's ease somebody into that into the future. Let's not just go guns a blazing here, game one against Indiana. Um, so that's how I feel about that. Well, Let's move on. Yes. You got the, anything else? The thing is, is maybe in you know that western Kentucky game. Or another, you know, Youngstown State. Maybe let Brian get those, call the plays there. 
I mean, I feel like even with no coaching staff, that's a win. We, we I, I have... think the second half, you probably see him call plays in those games. Yeah, in the blowouts. Yeah. yeah. We got to have a quarterback first. That's a fact. And that probably <laughs> plays a factor in Day's decision, too, because he needs to be on top of that situation. All right, it's time to dive into the fun stuff, guys. Uh, we're going to talk about our Ohio State predictions for the season. And here's what's awesome about this, guys, is we want you all to participate with us uh, as well right now. So uh, let me pull open my show notes here because I also wrote down in my show notes what all my predictions were going to be. All right, let's start here with number one, the record. So I believe the over-under is 10 and a half in Vegas, 10 and a half. What do you predict the record to be? Let us know in the chat what Ohio State will be in the 12 regular season games. What will be our record, Aaron? I'm going to say undefeated. Uh, that's Yep, I know. I know. Everybody's going to say you're crazy. Offensive line is unsure. We don't even know who our quarterback is. Don't care. I got faith in, in Day. Uh, I got faith in the team. The defense, from everything that I've read, heard, it's the defense. You know, I, looks amazing. Uh, this could be. This could look like 2002, where the offense. You know, you got a couple of guys that can get the job done, but the defense is who's winning this game for us this season. So I'm looking forward to a great season. A whole lot of white knuckling my couch and <laughs> fingernail biting. I. I <laughs> You know, I think the game's going to, this season's going to change things for us. Chris? You know, I, I've got faith in Ryan Day, too, for the first 11 games. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call 11 and 1. I just don't think that Day's shown he can beat that team up north. And he had the best quarterback in the country the last two years to try doing it. This year, he doesn't have C.J. Stroud. He hasn't shown, you know, really any willingness to turn the ball over to the running game other than the one game against Northwestern where. He didn't have a choice because, you know, Justin Fields was playing on life support. Uh, you know, they're in Ann Arbor this year. And even though I think we have the better team, I just don't think that Day can beat that team up north. I hope he proves me wrong, but he hasn't given me any reason to believe it. Good to see you tonight, Jeremy. Welcome into the chat, buddy. Um, Nick says 12-0. We got a lot of 12-0s. We got one 11 and one with Grease with Chris. I'm at 11 and one. I this is a tough, tough schedule, guys. Um, it is one of the more difficult schedules in all of college football. I don't know how you all feel about the trip to um, uh, South Bend, Indiana, after watching that game yesterday. But that is not going to be an easy uh, game on the road and in, in the non-conference. You got that difficult trip trip to Madison, Wisconsin, a night game, and they've been apparently waiting all summer for this. I don't know if you guys saw that video with the Wisconsin players. That was cringeworthy. But anyways, uh, they're they're going to be good. That's going to be another tough road game. You got Penn State at home. That's a good rivalry game. Last year we get to play them that we know of unless they change the schedule again for a while. And then you have the third big road trip when you go to Ann Arbor. And I'm with you, Chris. I think that you got to show me. I'm like the Missouri State right now, man. Show me. I, I, I got to see it. I got to see it. Um, so uh, Nick says, do you think that the Penn State game will be a night game? I don't. I think it will probably be a, a noon game, Fox Fox big noon yeah. kickoff more than likely. 
Um, so that's probably what it's going to be, and and we'll see. I'm at eleven to one. So everybody seems to be over the ten and a half, though. Yeah. Despite all the changes and everything. All right, thank you. All right, guys, you know the drill. Let's just keep doing this. All right. Who will be the starting quarterback? Who takes the first snap against Indiana this Saturday, Chris? Uh, Eric, I think you got to go with Kyle McCord, at least versus Indiana. And Eric, the reason why is, and you mentioned this a few weeks back, uh, this is Day's guy. He's not ready to admit failure. Uh, you know, he chose him over the guy who's won the Big Ten, you know, last season. And even though I think that was the right decision because McCarthy's an overrated joke, uh, you know, if Day starts Brown over McCord, it means that Day failed to develop this guy. And Day is not going to admit that failure. I think McCord gets the start. I do think at some point, whether it's because of play, injury, what have you, that Brown goes in and plays well enough that he takes that position away. But right now, the game one, snap one starter is Kyle McCord. Okay, so if you turn on CBS at 3.30 on your television screen this Saturday, and all of a sudden, Devin Brown's the starter, are you you're going to be shocked? Are you going to be floored? Or are you just yeah, going to be like, I will be. Will you? I will, I will be shocked, but not because Devin Brown's in there or not because people see Devin Brown as the better player, but just because Ryan Day put him in there. All right. All right. Uh, seniority, right? You know, yeah. give him the first shot. He's there, is older. He's... Be, there is something to be said about seniority. Yeah, he's got one more win than Brown does. He did. He did start and win one. It was against Akron. Does it count? Of course, it counts. (laughs) Division one school, barely. You know, Michigan Michigan would count it. They look like somebody that Alabama would be playing the week before a rivalry game. Michigan's playing three Akrons this 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 start of this year. You don't think they're going to count those? Aaron, who's it going to be? I say Devin Brown. Woo, okay. I'll go against the grain, All which, right. you know, that probably means Kyle McCord because it seems like everything I say they do the opposite of for some weird reason, but whatever. I say Devin Brown, and it's because of this. He has – okay, so I saw in the comments somebody said that the only thing Stroud had was the arm. Well, that's that's not true. That's not true. He yeah. could run. He chose not to, okay? He was he could told run. not to. I'm just saying – he had the ability and he did not use it. Okay. You can be told anything on the sideline. When you get between those lines on the field, you got a decision you got to make. And coach, there's nobody there to hold your hand, buddy. If you make a play, you make a play. Now, what I think is, is Devin Brown is very similar to CJ Stroud. Okay. He has the ability, and I'm not saying Kyle McCord doesn't, but Devin Brown from the video I or from the film I seen at his high school. He has the ability to extend plays better than Kyle McCord, and he also has an arm. And so what that does in my mind as a coach is that that, that gives you the continuity of play. So it's almost like you didn't lose C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of an it factor there with Devin Brown that's not quite there with McCord as well. I agree. Uh, You know, and, and again, no ill will to Kyle McCord. I'd love to see the kid come out, start, have a Heisman campaign and leave the Buckeyes to a national title. I'd love to have him and Day shove my words right down my throat. I, I would love to come out and admit I'm wrong. I just don't think that I am. 
there's a lot of swag. De- Devin Brown's got some swag, yeah. as the kids say. Yes. Yeah, um, my eyes told me Devin Brown was the better, <clears throat> better play for several reasons. We've gone over those. And I'm not diving into all that now, but I still think McCord gets the start. I, I think he gets the start, and I think I think uh, uh, Devin Brown gets the second series. I think he's going to play them both. So do you think that Ryan Day is going to J.J. McCarthy, Kevin, or Kyle McCord? Very good. He might very well. He might. And he might might set this thing up to try to get him to not leave before that fourth game. Because remember, you play four games or less, it doesn't count against your eligibility. eligibility. He can jump into the portal and still have three years of eligibility left. So I don't know. I I hope that that's not what happens because I believe we're going to need them both. I think that just like 2014, there's a potential there. If you got a brand-new starting left tackle, guys, the number one injuries that quarterbacks get are from from that weak side, the blind side, a defensive end coming in and tackling them and or getting their hand up on their on their arm and creating an injury in the rotator cuff or the fingers or the hand, um, throwing the football. So that's kind of where I'm at, but I would not be shocked if Devin Brown takes the bull by the horns and takes this thing. Cause my two eyes told me at that practice, he's got the it factor. He gets the ball out quickly on time. He is not afraid to extend the plays. And uh, uh, move, he moves incredibly well in the pocket, like Aaron said. Um, and I think he will have that I'll go get you two yards if no one's open thing. Um, so there's some grit there, which is another reason why I'm like, we need maybe more than one quarterback here. We might need more than one. All right. Good question, guys. Thank you for your comments there in the comment section. We keep this thing rolling here. Let's go to our next question here. Most receptions receiving yards and touchdowns they can be the same guy different guy three different guys aaron what you got receptions yards and tds who leads you don't have to give me a number just give me who you think uh, gets those categories this might sound a little counterintuitive given that marvin harrison has made his name everybody knows who he is and they know he's going to get the ball thrown to him but i have that much uh confidence in his ability i think he leads all three uh categories receptions yards and touchdowns chris yeah marvin harrison's the uh sexy choice here as they like to call it but you know what i don't think it happens uh you know i think he's going to draw a lot of attention i see a, a mecca buka sliding in there edging him out in yards uh edging him out with catches uh, i do think that harrison's the guy at the goal line just the way he has the the body control and he's such a freak, you know, and down when it comes to, to the body control and being able to go up and high point the ball. I really feel like he's going to have the edge in the touchdowns receiving. I went back and forth with this one. Cause Chris, I do see a scenario where Marvin's getting all the attention and egg Ag- has got a lot of one on one-on-ones and you can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't stop this guy one-on-one. 
Um, I also think that this is why Ohio State has been putting Marvin the slot a lot this spring so that all three receivers can play all three positions because if you're going to follow Marv with two guys and you move him to the slot, Aaron, what's that do to a defense? I mean, that uh, you're looking around like, what are we going to do, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I think I still think it's Marv. And here's my here's my reasoning why. Because again, Chris, I, I I agree with your scenario, and I was going to do that, but this week the uh, media got to meet with the wide receivers and 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 Brian Hartline after practice. All the receivers came after practice, sat down at the tables, spoke to the media, except for one guy, Marvin Harrison Jr., who continued to work on the jugs machine for 30 minutes and made the media wait until he was done and then he sat down and they asked him why and he said because i dropped a ball in practice yes that is perfectionism which is why he is so good if you're going to overcome the silhouette and shadow of a legendary hall of fame father you have got to work relentlessly to make a name for yourself, which is exactly what he has done. When I heard that, I said, I'm not going to put anything behind by the, behind this guy. He can do it. He he sets his mind to it. He's going to do it. I just pray we don't see injuries this year from him. That's my prayer. Um, so, yeah, Brian Lee Ober says uh, he thinks Marvin can break the TD record this season. I agree. He definitely I think, could. It, it all again depends on the re- it depends on the quarterback. Uh, do you think uh, Thurman will get uh, uh, opportunities in the red zone? The, the freshman tight end, Jelani Thurman. Um, he might get some, maybe more towards the end of the year. You got to develop that. Got to develop that tight end. But that's definitely where. Uh, I think his greatest asset to the team right now is is at the red zone in yeah. the passing in the passing uh, game. Robert Allen, he's going with my fu- my son's favorite guy, Amega Obuga. <laughs> that was so great, Robert. That was, I, that was the best part of the tailgate, man. Uh, who's your favorite player? <laughs> so great. I love that, man. But he won a Harrison um, jersey, if I remember right. <laughs> Wow, Alex, he's going he's going big time. Jelani's the best tight end by far. He looked pretty solid. I don't know yeah. if he's better than Cade right now, uh, but he's not, he looks solid in high off, school. Man. We'll see about that. I hope hey, I hope you surprise me, Alex. I hope that you're right about that. All right, next question. Here we go. Same thing, but let's go with the running backs. So most rushing rushes, rushing attempts, most rushing yards, most touchdowns rushing touchdowns chris you go second you get to go first this one by far i think is the toughest one to choose eric i mean this is a room that could have two thousand yard rushes or five guys carrying for 500 yards yeah so for me uh you know i'm gonna go with i think travion has the bounce back season i think he leads the team in rushing yards i do think however that mayan gets more touches and more touchdowns I think that, that Travion will have his share, but they're going to be more breakaways because of his dynamic playmaking ability than anything. Down in the red zone, it's going to go to Mayan. You know what? Let me adjust that. 
I think Travion will get the touchdowns. This is why. I think Mayan and Chip and, and these guys are going to split those touches down in the red zone probably. And I think we'll probably find that uh, Travion ends up with the most touchdowns. Uh, I'll go second here. I'm going to go Travion Henderson for all three. If he stays healthy, which is you got to highlight that for him. If he stays healthy, they're going to give him the most opportunities for this reason. He is the biggest home run threat we have in the backfield. Oh, absolutely. His speed is just next level. And if he can he, he can he can kind of direct that correctly, make the one cut and go, find the seam and hit it, he's going to have some huge numbers. Aaron, what you got? I said Travion for carries and yards, and it's for the same reasons you're saying. You know, he is the home run threat, and I, I just he's going to get the lion's share. He's back healthy. He's you know we all know what he's capable of. We saw that. That's that's real stuff. But I just I think that Mayan's going to get the touchdowns deep in the red zone. I don't know. You know, I, I was I was pleased with what I saw out of Chip, but I don't think that it's enough to steal touchdowns from Mayan. Okay. Is, it, is it stealing touchdowns or just spreading them out there? Either way, I just don't see it happening. Okay. Yeah. Mayan is trusted. He we we know that he will get those yards. You tell him to get two yards, he will get every every inch of those yards. Next question might be the easiest one we have. Most tackles. On the count of three, we'll say it out loud. One, two, three. Tommy Tomberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is if I mean can he get to 150? Yes no. or no? No? No. I think I think that we are too improved along <clears throat> the defensive line. I think Steel Chambers is going to be ready to make that big move uh you know to to increase his tackles. I think he probably falls off a little to be honest, Eric. I think he maybe racks around 105 to 110 this year. There are going to be less plays for the simple fact that the game is moving quicker. Yep. So yep. you're going to have to take that into account. But he's definitely uh, still the leader. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alex actually brings up a, goodie, uh, a good uh, question here. Can C.J. Hicks, Sonny Styles, and the front four out get more tackles than, than Tommy? So combined. Well, they have more t- tackles than Tommy Eichenberg. Combined? Combined. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to think that, s- what, six people? Six people mathematically wouldn't get more? I w- Especially I the front I four? I'm interested. I, now I'm interested to go back know. and look last year, the starting front four, along with two of the safeties. How how close were they? How Did they beat them? By how much? It's, actually, right, it's, it's interesting, and I, it, dude, that'd be a fun prop bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. All right, uh, mm-hmm. next one is I think we have was it interceptions Sacks. or sacks? Sacks. Oh, let's see here. I think for me, I'm gonna I'll answer this one first. I'm gonna go with Jack Sawyer. I like what I've seen in him being moved back to the defensive end. I think he's got a much I don't want to say much quicker. I think he's got a better first step than JTT. I also think that JT is is the name and going to get a lot of concentration from offensive lines at the beginning of the year. 
And I think Sawyer takes advantage of that. And uh, so I think that's probably who your sack leader is going to be this year is Captain Jack Sawyer. What you got, Aaron? I, I'm going JTT. The guy's got a name for a reason. And, you know, Chris pointed out earlier, the defensive line is more experienced, maybe a little more talented. You know, Zach Harrison, love the dude, but he just, he wasn't it. He didn't pan out the way he thought he, we, we thought he would. You know, the last few games of the year last year, dude showed up, but he did not live up to the hype that we thought that a five-star of his caliber would coming out of high school. JTT has been that guy. And I, I think among that line, he's he's the one. He'll be the he'll lead with sacks. I, I think both these guys, both the guys you're talking about, get double digit sacks and don't lead the team. Hmm. In 266 snaps in 2022, Mike Hall Jr. had four and a half sacks. Come on. Seven and a half tackles. Now just follow me, Eric. That would be 21 sacks and 35 tackles for loss if you extrapolated that out over the the course of a season. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen. But what I do believe is that this guy has literally Aaron Donald-type potential. He's a disruptor. I think he can get in the backfield. I think a lot of attention is going to be paid to those two defensive ends. And I think he can get that push up the middle. If he's healthy... I've got him with 12, guys, and I think he leads the team with that. Alex is a little upset that I combined everybody on that last uh, last one. Alex, who's going to get more tackles than Tommy? It's not that it's not a linebacker. If for who sure, and going to be individually. Who, who would that be? You named six guys. Okay, he answers here. Here we go. CJ, Sonny, and each one of the front four will have better year than Tommy. And is better than Tommy. Facts. Timeout. Timeout. Oh. First and foremost, I say facts, not you. Secondly, <laughs> that's secondly. Did you just deliver a stunner to Alex? I told you he's the baddest <laughs> podcaster in the business, guys. Secondly, no. None of those guys are proven so far. Outside of JTT, a little bit Jack Sawyer. But not not more than Tommy Eichenberg. I'm sorry. He's leading. And I'm going to back you on this, guy. Eric. Or Aaron, I'm going to back you on this. They're inconsistent. Correct. Tommy, Tommy Eichenberg, Eichenberg is the, the poster boy for consistency. Right. He is captain consistency, no question. If a safety leads a team in tackles, then we have issues. Actually, oh, yeah. I, I believe yeah. that. The year Ronnie that we, Hickman did a few years ago. Ronnie Jordan, Hickman, Jordan, Jordan Fuller, Fuller, and oh, both yep. those defenses, man. We're just we not it was it was not good. So you Chris brings up a very good point there. Um, I mean, it's hard for a defensive lineman to lead the team in tackles because if it's not a running play, then they have to get a sack, right? I mean, yep. essentially that's that's the way it is. Uh, where a linebacker is getting tackles in both the running game and the passing game. So it just the the way the game is played. Typically, a linebacker is going to lead the team in tackles. And if it's not, then it's a safety. And usually, it's the safety that plays up towards the line of scrimmage. You're sure. So, yeah. So, which will be sunny this year. So, if if you're going to – okay. And, yeah. So, Alex is I, I kind of making Alex's point there. Sonny is a freak. 
Well, that no, so, no, no argument. I I agree. No, absolutely. But that tells me Alex thinks that our our front seven's not going to be too great then. If he thinks well, he, Sonny's, but he well, he did say which that is fine. The, the line will have more. Some of the guys on the line. Well, someone needs to make up their mind. <laughs> Can't be both, huh? Can't have your cake and eat it too, guy. Get- I I, I want to know, Alex, without without using swear words, what what's your issue with Tommy is? Because I thought he played really well last year. He has red hair. Well, he doesn't really have hair. He looks more like you. Well, you Fail, know, he's a good-looking man. Then that's oh! all there is to it. You know what the problem? Is? Tommy, he's just not tough, more like. <laughs> Oh, uh, dude, don't, <laughs> don't do that to me on the first show back. Come on. <laughs> Brian, could we see one of our linebackers break the tackle record? No, no. way. <laughs> the game has changed so much. Yeah. Um, to where? Passes. Yeah, yeah. So, Alex, I'm going to say this. Alex, um, you can either leave the chat now. Or I can mute you when you start to do that, because I ain't putting up with that. So either either be either be cool and have fun, or go find another podcast to swear at. All right, <clears throat> moving on. Here we go. Next up is interceptions. Who you got, Chris? Uh, you know, I might surprise you a little bit with this one, guys. Mm-hmm. I, it came down to two guys for me because I think everybody's going to avoid throwing at Denzel Burke. Um, so for me, it, it came down to oddly enough, a safety or steel chambers. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to go with Sonny styles. I think he's a freak athlete. He's going to be covering that slot. I think we got a great defensive line. that's going to pressure the quarterback and not allow for a lot of deep throws downfield. So the guy covering the slot receiver seems to be the, uh, the choice for me. I, I'm going to say, see, I was stuck between Burke and Styles myself, but the more I thought about it, I think that it's going to be Styles, and it's because of his athleticism and the fact that he's base, he's playing nickel. Yeah. So he's going to be on a lot of those those crossing routes, slants, inside routes. He's going to be there a lot. And guess where he might happen to find himself? We play two linebackers. He covers that third zone. Yeah, a lot of those inside passes, they think they're going to throw it to that empty zone that Sonny Styles is going to make a play in. So I went with Burke. Um, I just think that this this is a different this is a different Denzel Burke than what we saw last year. Um, when I saw him jump that route on the first seven on seven pass at that practice and take it to the house, I was like, do. So obviously he knew what they were going to run. It's against your own team. You've been seeing them all, all summer. I understand that. But the athleticism I saw in that, the decision-making, the, the fact that he's playing closer to the line of scrimmage, I think is critically important. And I just have more confidence in him because I see a more confident player. So I'm going to go with him. But I could see where it could definitely be Sonny. Um, he has that total package, athleticism, sideline to sideline type of ability. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Aaron doesn't know what he's speaking, huh? 
you do realize that Aaron was like 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 semi professional and coached at a very high level, Alex. So um, it's, it's all, all good, right. man. Every, hey, everybody, look, everybody's not, a good title to their opinion. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and I'm good with that. That's <laughs> we fine. Br- we bring back Stone Cold and right away, man. <laughs> hey, hey, that's how it goes, man. Uh, Denzel does have something to prove this season. Chris says, "Love a guy who has a chip on his shoulder." That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and you know, for me, Eric, it's not a question of the ability. Uh, I think it's just a, a factor of opportunity. I don't think people are going to throw at him. He shows it in the first couple games. I don't see people throwing at him. Yeah, but on the on the flip side of that, we have another corner cornerback who is very uh, um, physical. Physical himself, and yeah, may not a, may not offer the quarterback opportunities there either. So they might have to. He might have to. Oh, so we have that one. And all right, last one. This is this is always fun. Your crazy Ohio State prediction for the season. And I emphasize the word crazy. Who wants to go first? I'll jump it. All right. I think Devin Brown takes over the quarterback job after splitting time the first two games, leads the Buckeyes to the national championship, and finishes as a Heisman contender. That's awful crazy. I hope you're right. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say. I I'm, really I'm not saying he's going right. to win it. I'm just saying he's a right. contender. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Um, I think the loser of the, cute, the quarterback battle, I think he splits. You got Aaron Nolan coming in, and I just don't see a reason for him to stick around at that point. Come on, Aaron. You can do crazier than that. Well, actually, the crazy would think be thing would be that they both stay they for a whole stay. other year. Yeah. I don't know. That would be crazy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I went to the okay. defense. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll give you one. Brian Hartline jets for a, a head coaching position. I don't like that, Aaron. Give I don't, I don't like, like it either. But it's like a crazy. It's you said it's crazy. Hey, crazy. Yeah. Uh, again, again. Some people, crazy Cincinnati was offering him. Hey, some but some people feel that he's ready. Now he's got coordinator in his title. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my crazy one is that the defense will hold four opponents to 10 points or less this season. That's well, not given crazy, dude. Games, you don't think, think that's, that's cra- crazy at all. Given what our defense has been like since 2019 and today's college football game, you don't think that's crazy? Not against not... the first few opponents. Yeah, dude. I think I'll... you got three opponents right out of the gate that are going to struggle. I was going to say. I would say two. Western Kentucky can put up points. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong, but I still think I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. That's very possible. So how many do I have to do? Do I have to go up to six to make that crazy? I do. Six I think crazy. that. I think six would be crazy. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's, at least we know the number now, right? At least we know the number. All right. That's our Ohio State predictions. Let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and it's time to talk college football predictions. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. 
visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right. My crazy prediction, Brian Ober says, is that Ohio State spanks that team up north by at least three touchdowns. Brian, I I love it. I like it. it. Yeah, I, I like it. By the way, Chris says, great show as usual, guys. Thank you so much. Smash that like button, guys. Share this bad boy. Let everybody know uh, that uh, uh, with all of your Buckeye fans, every Sunday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, we are here starting next week. We're taking call-ins, guys. So uh, that could be a wild ride, man. <laughs> <laughs> and if, you were, if, if any of you were watching the live call-in show from the Always Irish show last yesterday after they won, an Ohio State fan called in and just had it out with him. What did you do, Eric? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> but it was, it was so entertaining. It was hilarious. Um, so those those moments are probably coming our way but, too. But they do realize that you can't beat the host, right? Because he's got the button. I got the buttons. <laughs> I've got the buttons, man. Bring it. All right. All right. Our predictions for all of college football. Again, guys, let us know what your predictions are for the same topics in the chats. We want to know what you all think as well, beginning with this. Who will be the Pac-12 champion this season, Chris? Uh, you know what? Everybody loves USC. Give me Michael Penix Jr. and the Washington Huskies. Hmm. Stole my pick. I think Washington is 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 primed for a good year. I and agree. I think Michael Penix Jr. is a Heisman candidate. And I think he can outplay. I think he can outplay uh, Williams. Yeah, Williams yeah. I, I, I do. Um, so... That's my pick. Brian o- Brian Ober says USC is his. And Chris corrected us. The Pac-4. <laughs> well, for one more year, they're the Pac-12. Well, they're about to be the Pac-2, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you got, Aaron? I said USC. And I know okay. that their defense does not look great. And they had a very poor first half against San Jose State yesterday, all right? However, I think that they will do just enough, and they do got the offensive firepower. That is Lincoln Riley's M.O. That's what he does is offensive firepower. I think they can get it done. All right. Uh, Next up, I believe, was the Big 12, Aaron. Big 12, I'd love to say Texas, but I'm not a fan of Quinn Ewers. You don't like (laughs) the hair? Dude, ever since I seen him in high school, he just just you, does not. You, I don't. You were just, you were not a fan of his film. I, no. he, well, he looked like crap. He looked even worse in person. Like you know, it's one you can you can throw together a whole film, ten minutes worth of long passes like he did, and and look like a million bucks. But and don't get me wrong, he's gotten better in college. Okay, but I don't know that he's the greatest five star to ever come out of high school like they said he was. That's all I'm saying. All right. So with that, I'm going to say Oklahoma wins the Big 12. All right. You and Brian agree. I am going with Texas. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, I think Quinn Ewers knows this is his only chance to get it done with Arch Manning right behind him. I think he goes out and does it. I think Texas wins the Big 12. Okay. Uh, Chris, Chris, actually, I think Chris and Aaron are like related or something. QE. Quinn Ewers is overrated. Don't disagree. Um, Brian says that he thinks if Archie takes over, then it could be Texas. <clears throat> so a little QB controversy there is what could could happen there. Um, I, I just think Texas is ready. Um, yeah. 
It's been too long for them. I mean, you, you do realize Kansas State won this thing last year, and they returned like the majority of their team. My my issue is Steve but Sarkeesian. Ewers, Ewers was injured quite a bit last year. Yeah. He had Oklahoma on the ropes before that injury. Or not and, Alabama, rather, on the yeah. ropes before yeah. his injury. <laughs> Chris is rooting for West Virginia. Pipe dream, buddy. <laughs> you know what? I'd, I'd love to see it. Me too. <laughs> Mountaineers. All right. Uh, that's up. Uh, after that one is ACC. ACC. Oh, no. It's going to be Florida State. And it's going to be a two-loss Florida State team, probably. Chris? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Eric. I think uh, a lot of people are talking about Clemson again now. Let me tell you something. We broke them. They've never been fixed since. It's Florida State. You know, I – everybody's Ooh. saying Florida State. Dude, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. This is – no, no. Th- those days Wait are over, us. guys. Uh, no, their quarterback left them. Uh, that Sam Hartman, is that his name? Yeah. He's back for his like ninth year of eligibility somehow <laughs> at Notre he's Dame. 24. I don't know. He's 24 he's years old. He's thrown for more yards in college than Drew Brees did in the pros. I don't know how you're <laughs> around long enough to do that, but uh, I'm going to stick with Clemson. Okay, okay. Defense. All right. We have a pit here going to make some noise. Yeah. Uh, Robert Allen but, says Pat, uh, Washington in the Pac-12 and K-State in the Big 12. A couple purple teams, the purple people eaters. All right, so uh, let's go with the next one being the SEC. Paul Feinbaum and the SEC is going to pick who this year, Aaron? Oh, gosh. <laughs> He's going to say Alabama. I think a lot of people would say Georgia, and I understand that. I, can, I get it. You know, they've recruited extremely well. They've got the guys, the whole next man up mantra. They can support that the way that we would like to. They're able to. Um, but I think that Nick Saban, two years not winning it. I or what is it? It is two years, right? Georgia won SEC two years straight. No, mm, they no, won the national one. championship two years straight. But they okay, only won the SEC yeah. once. Okay, well either way, it, this Nick Saban only loses every other year at the most, and he lost last year, so it's time for a bounce back. Yeah, you we agree, you agree about- with every person on college game day yesterday. They all picked Alabama, every one of them. It's hard to argue. Yeah, you're using the uh, Patty Fitz uh, every other year system there, Aaron. That's not so great. Uh, it's not, but. Let me tell you, I think Georgia walk, cake, has a cakewalk to the SEC championship game. I don't even think Alabama gets there. I think it's LSU from the other side that gets there. And I'll tell you what. Let me tell you why, Eric. Let me tell you why. It ain't going to be because of Brian Kelly. I know that. Or Jaden Daniels. Alabama has to play Texas in week two. They have to play Tennessee, which are two ranked teams that LSU avoids. We always you know, mock Alabama's schedule. Man, LSU has an easier schedule than Alabama by far. In fact, the only game they really play is against Alabama. Um, so I just think LSU has the ability to overcome them. I really do. If you all think Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs saw oh, what college but Georgia game. comes out of there. So 
Okay. If you all think Georgia saw what College Game Day did by picking Bama, every single one of them, and think that they're going to be like, oh, this ain't motivation material, then you don't know college football. Kirby Smart's the best coach in college football right now. Saban's days have passed. I agree with you that. Know. Uh, so yeah, good, good, good questions, guys. I, I love all the uh, love all the comments coming through there. Uh, next up, we have your Big Ten champion. Who's it going to be? I'm picking the Buckeyes. Aaron, you already know. Ohio OH. State. Come on now. That's yep, it. I agree. They back they back their way into the championship game, but I think they beat Wisconsin for the second time to to win the Big Ten. Yeah, my predictions: uh, Wisconsin will be eleven and two this season during the uh, during the season before their bowl game. They'll be eleven yep. two with both losses being Ohio State. I agree. That's my prediction. Um, so, uh, ooh, Brian says Ohio State and Michigan lose. Loses at least two. Oh, he's picking Ohio State. Oh, Ohio, okay. okay. Michigan loses at least two games. Got it. Okay. I thought he was I saying they see, were both going to lose. That. And Alex <laughs> is still stuck on semi-pro. Uh, you should maybe stop drinking, bud. There's work tomorrow. <laughs> Perhaps not for you. I don't know. Oh, oh, Chris, I wouldn't be joining this podcast if my beloved Buckeyes weren't going to win the Big Ten. <laughs> Chris, you did pick Ohio State as well, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, wait a minute. Um, There is a scenario that exists, and I believe we might see it this year, where Penn State, Team Up North, and Ohio State are all 11-1, where they each beat each other. And in in that scenario, if you look at how the Big Ten structures, who goes and – to represent that division, I think Ohio State is going to win out because they will have the stronger strength of schedule yep. based off conference games and then also non-conference games too with playing Notre Dame. So, yeah, I, I think that Ohio State, there's a scenario where Ohio State loses to either Penn State and or the team up north and still gets to win the Big Ten, which leads me to a a prediction I have later on here, uh, which we will get to right now. Your CFP Final Four. Here's my Final Four. Georgia, Ohio State, Penn State, and that team up north. Three Big Ten teams. The SEC won in three last year. They almost had it. They probably would have had it if Tennessee wouldn't have stumbled. I think it can happen. Now, you're going to need a lot of help. You're going to need a lot of teams to be two lost champions for that to take place. But how do you justify putting a one-loss Ohio State or a one-loss Penn State or a one-loss team up north in when they've all beaten each other? That's my prediction. That might be the craziest one. Chris? I, I almost agree with you, Eric. I've got Ohio State. I've got Georgia. I've got Penn State. I think that based, and we know that they're not supposed to, but based on the last two years' flub-ups in the CFP, they find a way to leave that team up north out and instead put in an undefeated Texas. We'll address that again later, by the way. Okay. 
Aaron, you crazy girl. All right. <clears throat> My CFP. <laughs> I think it's Ohio State. I think USC gets in. And I know that's everybody can be like, what? No, USC, Pac-12, uh, Pac-0, whatever. Um, <laughs> Ohio State, USC, Alabama, and Clemson. Although, I certainly do see the appeal for Florida State. I do see it for Georgia as well. And if I had to substitute one of those, I would say Georgia in place of USC. But that's my four right now. Jeremy says he believes the team up north will be a three-loss team, which leaves OSU, Georgia, Washington, and Tennessee. As much as I'd love to see it, there is no way that team up north loses three games this season. I don't see it. it. It would take some serious injuries for that to occur, I think. And they've got, you know what? They don't have to worry about Harbaugh sitting out the three games because they've got <clears throat> six assistants to fill in. They've got <laughs> six head coaches on the sideline up there, Eric. They're good. Yeah, but, dude, those are games, like I said earlier with Ohio State, like Michigan doesn't even need coaches out there to win those games. Right. right. That's, uh, that's ridiculous. That's like Alabama against Mercer. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Your Heisman Trophy winner is going to be who, Chris? I talked about him earlier. I think it's Michael Penix Jr. I think he edges out Caleb Williams and Travion Henderson to win it. Marvin Harrison Jr. I'll say it. I'll go crazy. It's fine. Everybody in the comments, you know, Alex would, you know, mainly just Alex will be like, I'd love hey. to see it, Aaron. I'd love it. <laughs> I'd love to see he it. He is too. the best player in college football, but I just, I agree. I, I think that it's just going to depend on can they get the ball to him? Yeah. That, that's really what it's going to boil down. Hey, to. you're not alone. You're not alone. Brian Lee Oberst agrees with you. My guy. Mm-hmm. All right. And someone, and Chris wants to know why we're hating on Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where Mercer is. Is it it that? Wait, no. Is it Mercer like an infection? That's MRSA. (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) Let me tell you, I know it's in Pennsylvania because Mercer County, Pennsylvania is where I was once attacked by a pig. I'm just going to leave it at that. You got attacked by a pig? A guard pig. Yeah, right? (laughs) A guard pig. I don't know if I can look at you the same anymore, Chris. Man, I was doing collections at the time. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Did you have a GoFundMe page? No. That'd be great, though. We didn't have GoFundMe in these those days, Eric. Oh, oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> uh, Michael Penix Jr. is my pick, guys. Uh, Michael, yes, Chris, I agree. This is something we need to explore on the podcast in the future. Hashtag Absolutely. Bad. Chris, the day I got MRSA from a pig. <laughs> what? He got MRSA what? from a pig. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, this God. thing went off the rails. All right. Your crazy college football prediction. I'll go first. This will be, this is my crazy prediction. Jim Harbaugh never coaches for Michigan again. He doesn't come back. Reason? He's well, he's suspended. And I think that there's still rumors that it might be more. He doesn't come back and he goes to the NFL. That's my crazy prediction. 
Probably not true, but this is crazy. Either way, I do believe this is his last year. No, that's completely valid. Oh, yeah. Wait, who, who's who's up? Aaron, you want to go? Yeah, sure, man. <sighs> Just because they play this commercial every other commercial, I'm going to say Colorado loses only one game this season in prime time's first season, and it's to USC. That At that point, does not ESPN try to find a way to get the men in the college football playoff because of prime time? Oh, Listen, yeah. they're angling for it already. That's why I said they play that stupid commercial every other commercial. Oh, it is the most at, annoying crap to me. Look at this one. I don't even like Deion Sanders now. Here's, I used to love him. I, I think Robert, this is Robert's Heisman pick. I think it's coming in a, a few minutes late here. Kyle McCord. You know what? I'd love to see it happen. I, uh, same. I'd love to see it happen. If, but I, if that happened, is not Ohio State national champions oh yeah i mean come they'd on they have to be they'd have to be yeah brian says rick nick saban retires at the end of the season i've made that prediction two years in a row <laughs> i was gonna say happened yet. you know what let me we'll just, just jump on this after suffering three losses this season nick saban retires after his second multiple loss season you know, guys, we keep saying it, and it's like playing the same lottery numbers every time, hoping that you'll win with it. Eventually but it just, you win. Eventually you will. So we'll just keep saying it. Eventually we're going to be right. We're like, we told you. Yeah, yep. That'll be <laughs> us in 10 years. Yep. Nick Saban going to be 86 years old. Oh, Prime like goes 11-1. <laughs> Sounds like a new 30 for 30. Yes, well, yeah, think about it. Think about it. What underhanded tactics did he have to pull – to get the players already on scholarship there, first of all, to leave, but then he went and poached the transfer portal to build this team? And I know all it takes is money, but Colorado, they don't have that kind of backing. Worked in East Lansing a few years ago. If Day loses to the team up north, Brian Hartline takes the head coaching job at OSU. It's not crazy. No. No? No, that's not crazy at all. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it though. I'm yeah, I'm not either. Uh yeah. I think if that were to take place, your next coach is either over in Madison, Wisconsin or South Bend, Indiana. Uh I, I would throw one down in uh Tennessee our way too. Eddie? No, Brable. He's in the last year of his contract. NFL. Uh, he's, he's too NFL. You've got to you've yeah. gotta be willing to to sacrifice so much to to be a recruiter in college that you just don't in the NFL. Um, he left the college game to go back to what he was familiar and comfortable with in the <clears> NFL <throat> to start with. So he could have stayed at Ohio State, gosh, forever. Ur- Urban loved him. I mean, they've, they've butted heads, but Urban Urban likes another alpha who's willing to butt heads with him. He, he like, gets some respect from that. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. Ur- and and Rabel... Rabel was willing to, to do it. <laughs> well, he wanted a kicker, Chris. No. <laughs> he was a linebacker. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. So, great show, guys. 
that's it for this week. We have our Indiana preview coming at you this week. It won't be live. We're going to be putting bits and pieces together, um, interviewing um, someone from the LEO podcast in Indiana, doing a preview with them. Aaron and I are going to break down some film. Chris is going to do some statistics. Uh, we're going to look at the history of things. I'm not sure if we're going to take all of that jumbled mess and throw it together in one show for you or if they will be individual segments throughout the week to get you ready. But either way, uh, we're going to be throwing some stuff at you, so make sure that you are watching the po uh, the uh, channel on YouTube this week. We obviously will uh, post links on our social media accounts as well, Twitter, Facebook, <clears throat> etc. Uh, crazy prediction, Urban Meyer gets hired as new athletic director. Pipe dream. Pipe dream. He wouldn't even take it if he was asked, I don't think. Um, last question. Nick Quint, if Hartline becomes head coach at OSU, do you think Freeman comes back to OSU? Not a no. chance. No way. He's, nope. he's got a great gig. He really does. Well, he's built his brand. You know, why would yeah. you come back here and spoil every the foundation that he's built? Yeah. Not only Light that, but he's burnt his bridges. Yeah, Heather Light. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Heather Light from Pitt will be the new AD. She's definitely one of the uh, candidates because she is from Ohio State. So she has that background. So she's definitely going to be one of the candidates. But with the new president we just hired, I think there's a very real possibility Chris Spielman gets at least a phone call. He hired a former Nebraska star to be the AD when he was president at yep. Nebraska, and it has worked perfect for them. And he, I think he likes that mili military, um, stern, and in, in keep things in order kind of um, mentality that he has. And I think definitely Spielman is that type of guy. Um, so – that actually has some very real legs. So it's a possibility. Question is, I don't know if Gene Smith would want that to happen. And he's going to be a part of the search as well. So great stuff tonight, guys. We will be back next week, 8 o'clock Eastern, right here on YouTube, Facebook. We will have a link for you to call in, and we can have a great time together. And I can't wait to talk to some of you. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the chat tonight. Great job, everybody. Uh, Alex, we love you. If you're still watching, if you're, if you're out, peace out. <laughs> Good luck. We love you, Buckeye Nation. Aaron gave you the kiss of death. Aaron's killing our numbers already. <laughs> uh, it's all good, man. You we, know, you weeding gotta... them out, man. Just weeding yeah. them out. Hey, it's good to have you back, brother. Welcome back, man. Good to be back, guys. Thanks for having me. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH. Sing Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. Till next time. OH. I owe. I owe. Go Bucks. <laughs>